Hello, ladies and gentlemen. This is your captain speaking. My name is Theo, and you're listening to Between Two Trains, the train station that brings you great entrepreneurs twice a month. Your hosts are Eric Moss and Van Pappas. Now sit back, relax, and enjoy the ride. Welcome to Between Two Trains. My name is Van, your friendly financial planner. And I'm Eric, your better business banker. How are you, Van? Good, Eric. So today we got Kristen Boyer from... Uh, the Kristen Boyer Photography Agency. Kristen, welcome to the show. How are you? Thank you. I am great. Thanks for having me this morning. So you're Man, a I'm, photographer. I'm I am. A children and family school photographer. Gotcha. Van, 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 I just wanted to point out, this may be the first episode where you've actually pronounced our guest's name right the first yeah. time. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for pointing that out. The one episode we actually get through it, you're still reminding our listeners that I always mispronounce our, our guest's name. The historic episode, folks. Stay it's a historic yeah. episode. Kristen Boyer's not that hard to pronounce. Wendelberg was my maiden name. And yeah, I'm, I'm, I got I'm, that massacred all the time. Yeah, I'm glad we got Kristen Boyer instead of that because I would have messed that up. So, you know, I... I um, I've seen you for years, you know, you do a lot of uh, the schools in the area. I think you've taken my son's picture a number of times for school pictures. Um, Tell us about, let's start with talking about schools, because how how much of that is your business is doing school photos? Uh, In the fall, it's huge, Uh, except this fall because of COVID. It's kind of all... um, rattled around a little bit, but um, we're getting them done. It's just in a kind of different way, but about altogether, about 50% is schools. Um, Primarily the fall is about 80% of my time is spent with schools because I do everything from, you know, schools with a thousand kids to uh, smaller little um, preschools with 150 kids. So a whole range, things from young little two-year-olds, two-year-old classes to high school at private schools. How long have you been doing that? Um, about probably seven or eight years as a, as a professional, as an LLC. Um, when I finally, it started as a hobby. I never intended to go out and say, I'm going to start a photography business. It was a passion that when I started staying home with my kids, um, just kind of grew and People said, hey, will you do mine? Will you do mine? And then I was buying more and more equipment. And my husband's like, all right, hold on. <laughs> Where we can't, we can't keep spending the money. Um, and so I just started, I started literally my first, I don't know how many, my first year or so was $50 for a photo shoot. And um, and then it's just kind of grown from there. And I like, I, I think I my key is I want fun photos. People should enjoy photography, including kids and men because men are not real happy when their wives come and say hey we're going to do a family photo session they're like seriously um and uh, i want fun photos and i want affordable photography for both schools and families and kids so everybody should be able to do it so you've always had a passion it sounds like at what moment did you did you know that okay we're, we're taking the next step i mean it sounds like it was a hobby But I mean, were you always, you know, I mean, going back to high school, college days, were you always like looking at magazines, National Geographic, that sort of stuff? I mean, how did this really start? Sorry about that. Um, You know, I wasn't. um, 
I, I've always liked it, but it was only when I was home and uh, I had two young kids and I was going a little stir crazy. I don't think I was really kind of meant um, to be at home full time. Um, and I started taking classes and doing uh, things. I've always liked it, but it wasn't something that I knew that it was a passion of mine. I've always enjoyed photography and I've always gone out, gone out and um, taken family photos and done albums and scrapbooking and stuff like that. But only when my husband gave me a nice camera, a Canon Rebel um, T2i. So that tells you how long ago it was. Uh, I, oh, well, it um, tells you how long. I don't know what you <laughs> <laughs> could be last year's yeah. model for all I know. <laughs> it's not. It's it's a. Uh, it's been uh, many many moons. But I, I I literally went online and took some online classes, and then just it, it just kind of grew. And um and I never. It wasn't a defining moment. It was only after I started doing a lot, a lot of families, and then when I started being asked to do schools that I thought you know, I really need to get insurance. I need to incorporate. I need to protect myself. I need to protect my equipment and I need to protect the people I'm working for. Um, and uh, so that's when, and it was probably, like I said, seven or eight years ago, but I've been doing it for a lot longer. It's just when I became official. Um, and, uh, and it's just kind of grown exponentially. Everything I do is word of mouth. I don't really do any advertising. So I was just about to say you were asked to do the schools. So like, how does that work? Does is that like at the county level? Is it at the like the the district level, or, or how does that work? Uh, my first school was Shambly Methodist Kindergarten, and I used to teach there when my kids were two years old. Um, and I left teaching. Uh, I was there for maybe three years, and then they um, the director of the then program called and said, "Hey, will you come do this?" And I I went in. She'd seen my photos on Facebook. And I went in and, and chatted with her and I brought samples of what my daughter's photos were at Shambly at the kindergarten. Um, and they were dark. They had dark little leather chairs that these kids sat in. I mean, they were, they're two-year-olds and they're sitting in a dark background with dark furnishings. And it just wasn't- For a church school. <laughs> for a church school. And it was a- um, and that's just the standard. That wasn't just this church school. It was all, all school photos were the same kind of dark um, backdrops and, and dreary. And these are for two-year-olds, four-year-olds, six-year-olds. Um, and I said, sure, I'll, I'll do it, but I'm going to do it a little differently. And here's what I propose and here's how I'm going to do it. And, and it, it just took off. And from there, I went into public schools. But to answer your question, it's not um, you, the public schools uh, can hire whoever they want as their photographer. So it can be a individual like me, or it can be a large um, studio uh, that does, you know, just point and, and shoot and just clicks, you know, one or two photos per kid, um, which is not how I do it. And I've been requested by a lot of larger schools. They, they call to ask if I, if I would give them a bid and I find out, you know, I'm not a point and shoot photographer. I don't do one or two photos per child. And, and Van, if you've, you've seen my kids' photos, you know, a family will get, for a school photo, will get maybe eight to 15 photos um, of that particular child. So uh, I'm not a good fit for all schools because I just, I'm, I'm a very specific type of photographer. 
Now you, 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 I can't just take one photo. These kids are delicious. That's right. my, that's my, uh, I mean, I tell kids and I'll even have them repeat, like wait until you ask a seventh or eighth grade boy or girl to say I'm delicious or a girl to say I'm, or a teacher actually to say, you know, tell me I'm smoking hot. And the, the teachers are like, <laughs> it's hilarious. <laughs> but the, the response you get after you have them say something silly and ridiculous is classic and genuine and beautiful and every single one of these kids you capture that moment that very very moment when it's not necessarily when they're like ah you know their face is all funny but uh right after and they laugh and their eyes crinkle up and you just capture that moment um and and that's what it's about as a mom i want that moment and as a photographer it's priceless uh, so I, I went to your website, kboyerphotography.com, and it looks like in terms of the scope of the work that, that your business does, I didn't see any like wedding photography in terms of like events or anything like that. This is more like maternity, graduation, kind of major moments, family photos. Is yes. that right? Yes. I, um, I'm not a big event person. I don't, uh, I've been asked to do weddings. I've been asked, I do corporate events a little bit for people that I do headshots for. So really the only business kind of thing, I do a lot of headshots. Um, and for some select clients, I do corporate events, uh, for clients, for businesses that I've had for, for many years. Um, outside of that, I really don't, I don't do bar mitzvahs or bat mitzvahs or anything like that. That's not my expertise. I, do families, kids, children, and schools. Um, and that's what I love. Seniors, I, lo I mean, I just had a senior graduate from Shambly High School, uh, class of 2020. Um, so I love seniors and, um, and, and that's it. So yeah, I have narrowed down my focus from when I started to kind of now what I know I love to do. And that's what I love. It sounds like you've got a knack for getting kids to really open up and and you know capture like you said before capture that moment so you know it seems like yeah. you're leaning into your you know your specialty if you will what you do well which is to get the kid who probably doesn't want to be there or get the dad like no. mentioned, who doesn't want to be in the family you don't no they don't and and you know it's uh my kids are teen. I have a 16 and an 18 year old. Um, and, and they no longer think I'm all that funny, but if I get a four-year-old or a six-year-old or even some high school seniors, when I tell them to say I'm delicious, they're like, Oh, that's funny. Um, you know, but, but if I put something silly on my head, I get to be goofy and, and I get to be outside. So every day I use the hashtag, my office is in the park because that's where my office is. I mean, right now you're seeing, you know, my home office, but um, which probably easily 50% of what I do is in front of my computer. But uh, my office truly is outside in the park and I get to be silly and goofy and make these kids laugh. And I love the candid moments of photography. You know, everybody looking at the camera is important for that perfect Christmas card or what you're going to frame and hang on your wall for, um, you know, over the mantle or, or over your uh, couch or something like that. But what 
I love are those moments when kids are looking at their parents and they're laughing or their parents, the parents are looking at their child and that's that connection like, wow, this is my kid and this is, this is my world. And you catch that in a photograph is truly, you know, when I see those come across my computer screen, I just, I, I, I practically cry. And then I call my whole family in and I'm like, come look, come look at this gorgeous child or this person or, you know, this senior or whatever. I want to talk to you about the different schools. So we, the most of our listeners are in the Brookhaven, Shambly, Dunwee, Doraville area, and I know you do a lot of schools. N- name some of the schools that you do in this area. You mentioned the um, Methodist Church. Uh, what are some of the public schools you do? Uh, Kittredge Magnet School, which now, of course, has moved, um, and um, Ashford Park, Montgomery Elementary, Austin Elementary. Um, which is a brand new one that was supposed to start this fall, but has moved. We've swapped some dates around. Um, and Shambly Methodist, OLA, kindergarten, uh, the Marist schools for the um, teachers. They have a little uh, school for the younger kids, for Marist teachers, educators. Um, I do a lot of private schools, the Howard School downtown, um, High Meadows, uh, just a, a variety. And, and you can see with all of that, um, and there's lots of others, but they range from very small young kids to, I don't really do anything over middle school uh, um, because I like that age. And because I'm not a point and shoot and don't do just one or two photos, I have to keep it to a certain size, but uh, um, about a thousand kids is kind of my limit. Um, and I like the, the elementary school kids for those kinds of photos. So you, you mentioned it. Um, now Howard and some others have older kids, but you mentioned at the beginning sorry, how you were asked from Shambly Methodist to come do it, but I want to talk about how you made that jump. You said that each public school can make their own decision. What was that jump from that first Methodist one to, okay, now I'm going to do one? Did someone from the church say, hey, you got to go do Kittredge or you got to go do Ashford Park? You know, How did you make that jump to the public school? Well, the very first uh, public school, I did Shambly Methodist, and then the very first public school um, that called was um, Ashford Park, and they will hold a dear place in my heart forever because they took a chance on somebody who really hadn't done a school of that nature, and it's probably, I've probably done them now for maybe six years, five or six years, Um, and it was a parent from Shambly Methodist that knew me and asked me to go over to Ashford Park and it's it was I I have a problem in that I I'm not really good at saying no and so before I could even I mean somebody said hey will you would you be interested in doing this I I absolutely jumped I was like yeah yes of course I can do that and then I hung up the phone I'm like oh my gosh what how am I I gonna do that like I don't know how to do that (laughs) like that's huge um and so I you know I figured it out I mean it trial by fire is the best way to learn and really failures pretty, pretty good way to learn too. But, uh, you know, I figured it out and we did it and they were fantastic. And the feedback I got was, um, probably one of the best, uh, references or referrals or a letter was written, um, from the then PTA president to the PTA staff and to, uh, they CC'd me on it was the nicest letter or email I've ever gotten. And it was about, um, how much fun we were all having outside taking school photos and that they had never seen that before. And, um, and I knew I'm like, I have, I found what I love and, and school photos are really hard. They're 
exhausting. It's time consuming. It's a tremendous amount of work on the front end, but an even greater amount of work on the back end. And I have several people that help me um, both now assistants on site as well as um, in, in the office. And um, it's, you know, it's been, it's been great, but I, I, it's so hard, but I love every second of it. What would you say to like the young person, the, the early 20 something that's into photography and maybe wants to make that their career? What, what advice would you give that person on, on going forward? Uh, call me. Cause I got, I got so many things I can tell you. Um, I mean, you know, cause you know, you know, the reality is a lot of photographers don't make much money. Right. Well, you can, uh, you can support a family if, um, now it's, I, I work 24 seven. I am a bit of a workaholic, but, but I don't really feel like it's work. So what I would tell people is take a chance, do it, you know, never say no. Um, never say no to any opportunity you get and do a lot of free photography to start off. And, and a lot of photographers will say, don't do that because it lessens and devalues your work. But, um, I completely disagree. I have photographed, um, sporting events. I have photographed, um, school events. I have done all kinds of things with my kids and their friends and post them on my Facebook or my, uh, my website so they can go in and what that does like i did the shambly fun mud run yeah i was gonna say i was gonna bring that up because i remember you did that yeah for years i did that um and it's conflicted with my schedule the last several years and uh but i did that for ages and people are like why are you spending all this time and and you know taking all these photos and then calling them from me and a number of other photographers and putting them up on my website i'm like it drove thousands of people to my website I think that's actually really smart to give away the, the pictures. You know, I do the same thing with my financial planning practices. I give so much free financial planning advice. I write blog articles, giving away advice. So I, I think that's actually a smart strategy. Uh, I do. Well, it adds value and people appreciate it. I mean, I don't know. I was PTA president for Montgomery. I mean, not president, uh, treasurer for Montgomery Elementary many years ago. And I will never forget the people that donated services to the schools. And I always go back to those um, organizations, even now. So 10, 15 years later, I'm still going back to people I know that supported Montgomery Elementary School, and I'm going to support their business. And I feel it's a little bit of the same. I will donate to auctions, if especially if they're schools that I do uh, regularly. I'll give, I'll do um, free photos for, I do Shambly Methodist Valentine's Day dance and, um, and their Santa, you know, I always take photos of their Santa at Shambly Methodist, which is now partnering with the city of Shambly for their Santa photos. I don't know what's going to happen this year, but, um, you know, I give those away because it's, it's a, it's a community service and then people appreciate it. And I'd like to do it. We're, we're coming up on our break, but I want to ask you one more question about, you're the range of where you go. So, you know, I know you from the Shambly, Brookhaven, Dunwoody area. How far out will you go outside of our little North Cab area? Do you do stuff outside of Atlanta? Um, yeah, I'll go anywhere. <laughs> <laughs> you, yeah, you tell me I'm going to go. I will okay. not say, you, you learn, I don't really say no. So yeah, anywhere you want to go. Uh, locally, kind of where I shoot, is that what you're asking or like in um just in general whether you stick to just our our geographical area or if you no um 
I want to open up um, a division or a, a branch or whatever you want to call it of my photography in Hayesville, North Carolina, um, up around Lake Chattoog, which is Hiawassee, Hayesville area is kind of my next um, location where I want to be. Um, but as far as Atlanta is concerned, I shoot, I shot seniors in, oh wait, that sounds terrible. I, I photographed seniors in Avalon, um, you know, up at, in Alpharetta and I've gone, you know, all, I, all the way up 400, I go down to um, West uh, Provisions down um, by Howell Mill and 17th or 14th Street. Um, I'll go anywhere. I'll go anywhere with a great photo. You know, uh, Roswell, I shoot a lot in Roswell. Um, and as far as newborns and maternity uh, shoots, I go to people's homes. So I've gone from Marietta to South Atlanta to you name it. I've, I've seen every kind of home from enormous, gorgeous, multi-billion dollar homes to uh, smaller, um, you know, more modest homes. And uh, there's great families in every one of them. And I think one of the nicest things is the people I meet. You know, I, in all these different places and all these places around Atlanta, I've made friends everywhere and it's, uh, it's super rewarding. Well, before we, before we, before we break Van, I got a question and it's a kind of a lead in to our, can you ace it game? But Kristen, you know, there's, there was kind of a trend, um, for a period of time for, you know, very well-known world-class athletes to take. Uh, could I say provocative, um, you know, pictures, almost like nude pictures, but it wasn't, it wasn't explicit. It was, it was, you know, there was some, something left to curiosity, but not yeah. much. Yeah. <laughs> have you ever been, I'm just curious, have you ever been approached by, you know, either couples or people who want something similar? And is that something that you'd even entertain? Um, I would, I'll do, I'll say yes to almost anything. Now I won't be put in a compromised or uncomfortable situation. So if yeah. I have had phone calls before that I don't get a good feeling about, um, and I almost always bring an assistant with me. However, with COVID, you know, uh, right now I'm not really doing that. So if, if I get, you can get a kind of a good sense when you talk to somebody, what, what it's going to be like. So I have been asked, um, I can think of one time where this person kept calling and I'm like, I know that there's something fishy and I don't like what's happening. And finally, I just said, you know, I don't do that kind of photography. Um, and I, I almost never say that because I'll do, I don't care what you pay me to do. I'm going to photograph it and I'm going to have fun doing it. And it's going to be something new that I can learn about. Um, so I'll never say no. However, if I'm uncomfortable or if I feel that it's a risky situation, I'm not going to do it. I have had a corporate shoot um, this is a crazy story, but I had a corporation that I have worked for um, and shot yearly for four or five years. I go in and do their headshots for all their new people. And it's a big company. I'm not going to say who it is, um, but it's a big company. And the very last person came in and said, I'm your last person. And I'm, I, yeah, and I'm in this room. I'm by myself because I've been there a lot. And um, I'm in kind of an office space area, one individual office. Um, and he comes in and he starts the most provocative, crazy expressions that made me extremely uncomfortable. He turned on music. He brought in props, all this stuff for a corporate headshot. And I, I'm like, I don't even know what to say. I, and I, I photograph. I'm like, OK, I just kept going. And I'm like, I, I'm not really set up for this. This isn't what I, you know, I don't have the like I don't have the backdrop and the equipment and all this stuff for this craziness. 
Um, and then, uh, and then I didn't post them on the company website because it was weird. They were weird and it was weird. And, um, and so I didn't post it. Well, he called me and he said, where's my photos? And I said, you know, uh, and then the, um, the, uh, I don't know what they are direct or the person who was responsible for coordinating all of this. I had emailed her and I said, you know, I have to say that there's some photos that somebody wants and um, I, I just don't think it's appropriate to put them up on your website so everybody can see these wonky, crazy photos. And she was mortified and apologetic and like, I can't believe. And I'm like, I just, you know, I'm not going to. I wonder if that person up. still works there. I don't know. And I mean, it was, it was really bizarre. So. Well, you know. for that, for that, for that gentleman, that's what I call a CLM, a career limiting move. Yeah. <laughs> very, very limiting. But we you want to avoid you want to avoid the CLMs if, if at all yeah. possible. Yeah. We need to take a short commercial break and we'll be back in a second to play our ever fun Can You Ace It game right after this. Vamp Half is here from Between Two Trains. I want to tell you about two great events that are coming up later this month. They're near and dear to my heart. The first is the Atlanta Greek Festival. That's right, it's that time of year for the Greek Festival. But this year, because of the pandemic, it'll be a little bit different. Unfortunately, you won't be able to come hang out and watch the dancers and listen to the music and go through the shops. This year, the church is doing a road trip to Greece, so it will be a drive-through only festival. What that means is you'll just be able to pull up in your car, order all the great Greek food that you love eating, and take it home to the family. That'll be on September 25th through the 27th. Come on by and get all the great Greek food. Another event that's coming up also on September 25th is an exceptional evening benefiting the Elaine Clark Center. Now I'm going to be emceeing this event and it is going to be awesome because it's going to be all virtual and free. You'll be able to go to Facebook and check out, just do a search for Elaine Clark Center. You'll get all the details. There will be a live event over at Factory Atlanta, um, but we have to limit it to no more than 50 people. You'll be able to join in in the raffle there'll be some silent auction items so check out uh, the elaine clark center remember we interviewed them back on episode 48 so you might want to go back and listen to that episode and then come and enjoy an exceptional evening on september 25th at 7 30 p.m all virtual welcome back to between two trains my name is van and you can hear our great entrepreneurs twice a month right here on between two trains uh, we are going to play our Can You Ace It game with Kristen Boyer. Eric, what do we got for her today? We've got a fun lineup of three questions. It's multiple guests. And Kristen, as a photographer, we know that you have to use flashes to get the lighting just right for your photos. But we want to know how much you know about flashers. <laughs> People who streak. Okay. So... Question number one, let's just dive right in. Which one of these famous people have been caught flashing in public? Either A, Kevin Costner was caught showing himself at a Madonna concert in 1994. B, in 1988, Brad Pitt mooned drivers on the Pacific Coast Highway. Or C, after a long night of drinking, President John Adams was known to walk home from the pub with no pants on. I'm going to say John Adams. Oh, uh, uh, uh. <laughs> I would say that would be funny. That 
That would be funny, but it was actually B, Brad Pitt in 1988. Now think about that. That would be fun to see. That would be. Now, but think about 1988. That was was before Brad Pitt was a big star. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So we're we're back 32 years. Oh, for one, but you still got two to to pull yourself out of this hole. All right. Go for it, Eric. Question number two, in Super Bowl 38, a British man named Mark Roberts was able to streak across the field right before the third quarter started. How was he able to get on the field with all the security? Either A, he posed as a photographer to get field access. B, he hid under the stage for the halftime show. Or C, he wrote the NFL saying he wanted to start an amateur football league in England and the NFL sent him two referee uniforms to help him get started. I'm, I'm going to say A, he was posed as a photographer. Oh, this game is not for Kristen. <laughs> no, it was actually C. Oh. The NFL well, no actually fun. sent him referee uniforms, and he put them on and jumped onto the field acting like a referee. Oh my God! No, no, it would be much more fun to pose as a photographer and at least use your your uh, skill set for something fun. So, Mr. Roberts actually claims that he is a professional streaker and he has streaked at all kinds of major events. And as of 2018, he was credited with 565 streaks in 23 countries. But what's really interesting about the Super Bowl one is he got paid one million dollars by Golden Palace to do that Super Bowl streak. They, basically on his chest, and you can see videos of it, on his chest oh and on his back, he had goldenpalace.com written. And so oh my gosh. he was paid to do that. And what's really funny is Super Bowl 38 was the same year that Janet Jackson and Justin Timberlake had the whole wardrobe yeah. malfunction. You remember yeah. that? Yep. The, the oh, nipple yeah. gate. Yep, yep. So, wow. You know, it's it's funny. I um, I played football at Notre Dame, and there was one game where uh, some guys disguised as priests, and they actually got in the locker room, and they attended the game. And it was only after the game. I think we were playing. It was a big game. I think we were playing USC or something. But it was right after we were in the locker room, the prayer, and the wise. Like all, I, all I remember is there's this huge security commotion somewhere, kind of to my left. And then, like, these priests are, like, getting, like, they're, like, two or three of them, like, get, get like, tossed out. They had, Their cover was blown. But they had already, you know, they had already seen the game, been in the locker room, all that. That's hilarious. Sometimes all right, Kristen, we've got a real challenge here for you for our third question because we have never had a guest miss all three. So we don't want you to be the first guest to miss all three. So this is an important one. Well, no, Van, I have to I have to confess, I am not a trivia player. If ever there is something you do not want me a part of, it would be a trivia, like trivial pursuit or any of that stuff. So I, you know, I never so it's highly likely I will be the first one to miss all of them. I'm sure I'm sure if we had asked actual photography questions, you would have gotten them all right. But we have to be silly and ask about flashes. This wasn't this wasn't the, the cards are stacked against you, but my guess, Kristen, is that you're going to be okay. All right. Question number three Which of these historical figures exposed themselves? I'm going for the, B. E, either, <laughs> She's going for B without a. hearing the question or the answers. 
The blind shot. All right. Either A, Napoleon was known to strut around nude, exclaiming, it's good to be the king. B, 11th century Lady Godiva's husband told her the only way he would not raise taxes for the citizens of Coventry was if she rode her horse naked through its streets. See? She did and he didn't. Um, or C, after escaping jail with no clothes on, outlaw Jesse James robbed the B&O Railroad demanding passengers' money and their clothes. I, you know what? I think I'm going for B. Ding, 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 ding. You got it correct, yes. Only, only because there was a little assistance involved, but that's okay. What? You got to learn to take help whenever you can get it, right? Uh, it's, it's, still, it's still a historic episode. Van pronounced your name correctly throughout the entirety of the episode. I, don't, I mean, that's, we're just setting records left and right. <laughs> Well, we, we are coming up to the end of our show, but I want to give you the opportunity to tell the listeners, you know, if they want some photos of their family or their kids, I think you also throw in pets, right? You'll, you'll oh, yeah. pets. Oh, um, yeah. How, what should they do? Should they just go to your website, call you what? Um, yep, they can go to my website, kboyer, the letter K, boyerphotography.com. Uh, there's scheduling on there. They can also call me, email me, um, send me, you know, Facebook. It's K Boyer Photography on Facebook and K Boyer Photography on Instagram. So it's pretty easy. And um, as you can probably tell, I'm a talker. So if they get on the phone with me, they might never get off. Uh, but um, yeah, happy to schedule anybody who would like a session. Well, you're you're easy to talk to, and and I appreciate your time before we go anywhere else. I got a question for you. It, yeah. You mentioned a couple of times COVID, very interesting times. Um, when you're getting your picture taken, if you do happen to have your mask on, do you recommend smiling behind the mask? And Always. <laughs> Always. You know why? You know why? Because your why? eyes smile. Ah. Your eyes, it's all in your eyes. I have you, have you taken smile. any mask pictures yet? Have you done oh, any? Oh, yeah. I've done front porch, we did front porch photos where um, we, uh, with a Colette McDonald, we, uh, I, I, I wanted to do a fundraiser. So I called her and she had a fundraiser going on and um, we did front porch photos, probably, I don't know how many hundreds of families we did, but they had face masks, they had toilet paper. There you go, there you go. And red's my favorite color. I like that mask, Eric, that's awesome. <laughs> I'm Thank surprised you. it's not a Notre Dame mask. I know. I have to ask you when you said Notre Dame and football. Uh, so how true is the, the movie Rudy? It's one of my favorite movies of all time. Well, you know, you know, it's a real guy. I mean, that really happened, right? Yeah. But yeah. it was as inspirational as the movie and all the all the players went into the coach at the end and, you know, put down their jerseys and said, I'm not playing if Rudy doesn't get to play in this last game. You never want to let the truth get in the way of a good story, um, <laughs> or at least a good movie script. And if you want to, if you want to see a grown man cry, just start playing that movie because it's very, it elicits, I think, for a lot of people, it captures a lot of just things that sports, you know, teaches hard work, dedication, perseverance. Yeah. You know, did did everyone lay down their jerseys? No. Was the whole was the whole stadium chanting and and you know, probably not. Um, but was, did Rudy play, you know, um, did he get hoisted up by players at the end of the game? Yes. Was that more of kind of like a joke? Who knows? Cause it was kind of the guys who hoisted him up, um, were kind of, uh, you know, kind of the prank 
pranksters, jokers on the team. Yes. Um, but was he a walk-on? Yes. Notre Dame has a very storied history of walk-ons. And um, I'll tell you, it's, it's their elements about that movie that you, if, if you've been to campus, you know, if you've never been to campus, you, you'll never understand. Um, it's very special, but it's, um, like I said, let's not let the truth get in the way of a good I movie. Think, I think this, he, uh, now yeah. he's like a motivational speaker. He goes around and talks to high school kids. Does to he? Motivate them. Yeah. He does. I mean, he's, he's definitely leveraged, you know, the, the, the notoriety that that's given him yeah. and, you know, where, where he, you know, the individual and, and where the university kind of said, I don't know if there, there may be some friction there, you know, just based on how kind of the, the business behind of everything, how right. that's kind of played out. But I actually played, uh, I played baseball in college too. And I played a summer baseball season with the um, nephew of Rudy Rudiger um, up in Cape Cod. And um, oh, wow. so that was, that was kind of cool. So it's so a real guy. The same family dynamics and same traits as, as his uncle. He was uh, he was very competitive. Yeah. He thought he th I was the punter at Notre Dame. He thought he could out punt me. I'm like, dude, I'm I'm the starting punter for a, a you know pretty pretty big, big D one school. Yeah. You've never punted in your life. Why do you think that you can actually that you're a better punt? But he was just such a competitor. You know, he always wanted. Before baseball games, we've got a football. We're supposed to be doing baseball stuff, but we're out there kicking a the football. It was kind of funny. Uh, Eric, you, you simply amaze me because I thought I've heard all your sports stories, and here's a new one that you've never told me. That's awesome. I've got so many stories. We, we don't have time for that, though, but I've got stories. That's for sure. Well, Kristen, we appreciate you coming on the show, and um, thank you so much. Um, and we will be back with another great episode of Between Two Trains in two weeks. Thanks a lot. Thanks so much.